As long as you and me, baby Driving each other crazy Revving that 70 Chevy While we're young, wild and free True love running out at another Hearts pumping, surging for something Rolling like thunder and lightning Baby, we were meant to be Why don't we run away? Come on and run away Run away with me It's my treat to welcome back to KETR a more than 20-year veteran of the music scene with a discography of some 11 albums and EPs. He's written a lot of songs for sure. He became a go-to songwriter in Nashville and in fact four of his songs were turned into gold records by the likes of George Strait, Trisha Yearwood, Craig Morgan, and John Michael Montgomery. His sound covers country, folk, Americana with some kind of soul and blues mixed in. It's kind of a reflection of the diverse music that influenced him in his youth. And though he was born and raised in West Virginia, he found his way to Northeast Texas where he now lives in the Greenville area. And he's performing at an upcoming house concert near Bonham on September 22nd. I want to welcome back to Notably Texan, Mr. Tony Ramey. Great to see you, man. It has been a while, actually. I was looking. It's been about five years or so since I've had you in. How's life in Northeast Texas been going for you and your family, Tony? Well, it's going great, man. Still enjoying it and uh, touring as much as I can, doing as many shows as I can. Still uh, touring a lot of South Texas, doing a lot of South Texas. Okay. A lot of the, still doing some of the Midwest and then Tennessee and Kentucky up that way. Gotcha. So, so I mean, I know that you have lived in a lot of different places, uh, and I believe that you're living in kind of a rural setting there and out maybe out just outside of Greenville, I assume it is, but do you miss city living at all? or <laughs> I do not. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, I grew up in the country, you know, and uh, the closest I lived to the city was probably Mount Juliet, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. So okay. I was, I was never, you know, so you got, I never got too close. Gotcha. Man. So even when you were in Nashville, you weren't in yeah, Nashville. You just worked there. I worked there, there yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I did not like, you know, having to drive into town and all that stuff. You're originally from West Virginia. So who or what got you into music when, we were, when you were growing up there? Well, you know, music was part of the family, you know. I mean, I grew up around... My family played guitar, banjos, bluegrass bands, gospel bands, you know. Any kind of family reunion, there was always, you know, people bringing all my cousins, uncles, and everything else would bring instruments, and they'd have a jam, you know, whether it was a gospel or bluegrass jam or country jam or whatever. So I kind of grew up around it, and I just kind of thought everybody played guitar and sang, okay. you know. <laughs> right. I didn't know any different, and... um and so that's kind of what got me into it. Of course, I had a lot of different musical influences. You know, my taste was pretty eclectic. Was it? You know, oh yeah, you know, a lot of bluegrass and you know, enjoyed gospel, country music, uh, but I liked rock and roll. You know, I okay. mean, a lot, a lot of uh, influences from Guy Clark to you know the Silver Bullet Band and wasn't uh, Steve Earle a big influence? And for you? Steve Earle and yeah, just. Uh, just a, I was kind of all over the board there. No, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what we're all about here on this program, you know, is that we, yeah. <laughs> it's not just defined to one genre of music. We're about all these different eclectic right. styles. So I can appreciate that. Well, that's much. what's cool about Texas, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty eclectic. The music down here is not just Texas country and swing, it's the whole nine yards. You know? Oh, yeah. No, that's what makes this show so fun for me to program, mm. is that it's not just, a, oh, well, 
got to go in and kind of pick out these same sounds. I try to provide a different experience for listeners each day, and I think you can hear that, uh, you know. On our playlists here on on 88.9, mm-hmm. Tony Ramey's sitting in with me right now. You put in your dues as a, a student and earned a, a master's in a focus that has surely served you well as a songwriter, I think, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to go to college to write songs, but I think uh, just the time I spent in formal education, you know, getting a degree and studying lyricists and, uh, you know, romanticism was a concentration of mine my master's degree and I did some doctorate work in romanticism as well and so the you know the more you learn about the craft uh of lyric writing I think the better off you probably are if you're trying to exercise and you know apply the theory so uh I did quite a bit of you know formal education in in lyric and studied a lot of the songwriters the way you know um I guess the way a scholar might study them and pick things apart and try to figure out how it worked and were you able to actually kind of implement um you know like song lyrics into into your studies when you were doing that or oh yeah i mean we you know i study i i would teach classes uh poetry classes where steve earl's songs would be in the textbooks okay and bob dylan i mean you know bob dylan was uh got his name from you know dylan thomas yes he was a big (laughs) fan of uh that uh the poet so uh I think all of it sort of was very related, and I integrated uh, a lot of that. It's, it's funny because when I went to Nashville, kind of took me a year or so to get, I guess, acclimated. Uh, but it'd be weird because I was writing songs, all these hit songwriters from yesteryear, and they were sort of my trainers, you know, my mentors. And I would understand what they were doing better than they would. I just wasn't used to (laughs) implementing it, you know. And so I would say, oh, yeah, I know what you're doing there, you know. And they were like, what, you know. But it was kind of a weird uh, thing. I had the the maps. I just hadn't been down the roads yet. Okay. So... That's really interesting. Uh, you know, most artists that I talk to, uh, first off, don't have a master's and have not done uh, teaching in that field. So, and and I don't think we ever actually said what what was your uh, master's uh, degree in specifically. Well, it's English lit, but with a concentration in in American lit romanticism and uh, old English. Wow. So, yeah, I was really interested in Beowulf and all those. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, when you started uh, being paid to play music early on, uh, I understand you didn't necessarily really have big Nashville dreams in mind, right? No, no, I just did it as a part-time job. I mean, I thought, well, this is a lot more fun than bagging groceries. Nothing wrong with bagging groceries or doing, you know, whatever people do to kind of help help them get books and all that stuff and pay for college. But I played in bands, so it was sort of my way of making extra money, and I did it, and it was fun. So I'd play three, four days a week, and then I started getting pretty busy. By the time I was in my master's uh, work, my graduate work, uh, I was playing, you know, probably 60, 70 dates a year, doing festivals and fairs, traveling three or four states up in the Ohio Valley there. And, oh, wow. And so, yeah, I was pretty busy. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, that is that is an obvious way to go. If you find out that something that's fun that you like to do, you can make money doing. I mean, who's, well, who's going to turn that down? That's kind of why I'm still doing it, you know. I mean, the, <laughs> mo- the, the money hasn't gone up a whole lot, but it's like, <laughs> but it's but it's a lot of fun, you know. I mean, it's something, when it's, like you said, it's something you love to do, 
you know, it's really not about, I mean, money's nice, but it's really not about that, you know. Yeah, I always, uh, you know, whenever I have guests in, just just between us, since nobody's listening uh, to us, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding right now, I, I love what I do too, and yeah. you know, I mean, I would probably do it for, for nothing, but mm. don't let them know that, because, you know, don't I still... Don't ever tell them, man. I still gotta put food on the table, yeah. so... <laughs> they know it, but don't say it to, to reaffirm, you know, you don't want any confirmation of that. Exactly. I get it. Tony Ramey is my guest. You're listening to 88.9 KETR. This is Notably Texan. You've been doing it for a long time. But uh, currently, how often would you say you write new songs? Man, uh, not as much as I used to. I mean, I'm working on, um, I take a lot longer with my songs now because I'm so sort of diversified in the music industry. I mean, I'm the kind of the guy at the control board recording. I'm out uh, touring. But I would say, you know, I'm constantly working on an idea, trying to flesh it out. Uh, it's just that I, I wouldn't churn out, you know, I don't churn out songs like I used to I probably write let's say average I might write 12 15 songs a year now okay I used to write you know a few hundred you know and and you know turn out 30 or 40 a month when I was in Nashville because wow you're in a room and you know they've locked the doors the publishers <laughs> lock the doors and say don't come out until we make money you know off of you so it's a different it's a different uh animal obviously because you're a staff writer so you're you know, responsible for turning out songs. And uh, here it's more of a practical way to make records, and that's kind of what I do. So, and and each one has pros and cons. Uh, one is, you know, if you're in Nashville, you're actually getting paid to write songs, and you don't have to worry about going out and booking shows because their publishers are paying you. And uh, But you have to sort of write to market. You know, you have to sort of write things that you might not, necessarily cut yourself sure uh and now you don't you don't have somebody shelling out uh, of stipend uh but you have more creative freedom and doing what you really love to do so i mean you know it's a trade-off no matter how you look at it you know so was i accurate earlier when i said that you've written thousands of songs would that be uh oh yeah i mean i've probably you know i've been doing it for 20 four years yeah. now i guess and so there was a time there between probably 2000 and and 2010 when i was you know i was probably turning out you know 500 600 songs a year that's incredible and man. then you know all the songs that i wrote i was in nashville from 95 you know up until about 2012 i guess or 2011 2012 so the whole time I was there, I was writing for publishers. You know, I was a staff writer. So that's not counting, you know, all the okay. songs. that I, I mean, that's just the songs. When I say around 3,400 to 3,800, those are the songs that probably wound up in the studio with a band and got recorded wow. for the purpose of pitching and all that kind of stuff but i have no idea how many songs i would have written that never Total, saw right <laughs> the light of day well and that's the way it goes with something creative you know i mean sure, the painters yeah. we didn't see all the ones all the ones they painted that were that were not so great yeah right, right that they didn't <laughs> they didn't want to show the world i've yeah. got plenty of those <laughs> young guns desperado Running from the law, running from love despite it all. All the one cowboy brothers. 
been talking a lot about uh, about how you you made your way uh, to Nashville how did that come about your whole call up to the big leagues in Nashville well I I actually got a call I, I was going down to Nashville to record uh, road albums because it's one of the best places in the world to record an album obviously the world-class musicians studios all that so I, I had been going down there cutting albums or cutting recording songs uh, to bring back up to you know <clears throat> to sell while I was playing. Right. And so um, somehow a friend of a friend, an engineer's friend of a friend of a friend, <laughs> got the, got one of my CDs to a uh, producer down there, uh, Buddy Cannon, who was producing, um, who was the head of A&R at the time at Polydor Mercury uh, Records. And he produced George Jones, and he was producing Kenny Chesney and, and uh, Toby Keith and gave me a call and wanted to come up and watch a show and then offered really? me a deal. And so wow. I, that's what moved me down there. In studio with me right now, special guest Tony Ramey. What was it that brought you to the decision that Nashville wasn't necessarily where you wanted to be after some 17 years there? Because I think a lot of people wonder, you know, what happened? And I don't want you to have to go into too much of the nitty-gritty, but was there oh, kind no. of a point where you decided, you know, I think I would rather be somewhere else, you know? Well, Nashville, as you can imagine, changed a lot over the course of almost two decades. And a lot of that had to do with the internet, how music is made, how it's distributed, and all that. And so for me, it was a couple of things. One, as a staff writer for publishers, it was becoming, for publishers and for the publishing industry, it was becoming impractical and non-profitable to hold staff writers in their company and pay them stipends, you know, to continue to churn out songs that weren't really making money. I got you. Because of Napster and Spotify and all that. So what I was doing was I was writing for a company and they had bought out a company that I had been writing for for a few years. I still had a writing deal when I left town. I mean, I was still working as a writer. But I was sort of seeing the writing on the wall, you know, it's like, this can't go on much longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just because uh, it, it didn't make sense for an industry to continue to be able to sustain itself that wasn't able to recoup, you know, from record sales anymore because they were becoming obsolete. I mean, CDs were obsol becoming obsolete, essentially, and they have reached that point, you know. So we all, the radio industry, the record industry, we've all sort of felt the effects of that. And I, I got out sort of when the getting was good because okay. I thought I want to get 
I wanted to perform anyway, and I'd been writing, and this is the second reason, this leads to the second reason. You know, I'd been sitting in a room pretty much writing for 17, 18 years, and I didn't really move to Nashville to do that. Sure. I moved down there <laughs> to be on the road to have a record deal, and I had some, and I usually, you know, made the promotion staff mad in, in <laughs> inside of 10 minutes, you know, so... You know, I was kind of an incorrigible artist, you know. I was, you know, sort of yearning to get on the road, and I performed part-time. I would hit some weekends. I would hit the road and go out and play music, and I'd kind of milk my hits, you know, and get paid pretty good money. And and that's really where my love was, you know, is performing the songs that I wrote. So the move to Texas kind of made sense because it's a vibrant live music state and region. And I thought, well, yeah, I'm still, I'm older, but I'm still young enough to, you know, move and be on the road. And so it was kind of a dub, it was a dual reason, you know, that was, that made sense for me. It's really more of just a, well, what's the next logical place to go? Huh? Well, that was the third part of it, is my wife was originally from, is from Greenville. Oh, okay. There we go. So <laughs> it made perfect sense. Like if she'd been from Minnesota, I don't think, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so that made even better sense because she'd been, t- you know, te- you know how Texans are. Oh, I, I do. Mean, <laughs> no place like it's Sandy the Squirrel, you know. Yes. <laughs> but anyway... You know, and she'd been wanting to move, you know, for years because she's a singer and she was working for Opryland, singing full time. Okay. Had a, had a career in singing and uh, wanted to go back to Texas for years. And so it made perfect sense. I mean, all of it sort of came together there. And she still sings some, but she's, you know, she's not as much into it as what she used to be. I mean, we're. So that that's really that's a good, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that wasn't a small part of the decision obviously but but it, it you know the other side of it you know you want to stay if if the industry's thriving you'd be crazy to get out I mean you get out of it because it's pretty it's not a hard job if you know <laughs> what I mean but it wasn't thriving anymore it wasn't right. you know that just wasn't that you know that kind of element that well we got 20 more years of this craziness yes yeah i mean uh, there's something about uh, uh, good things that for whatever reason sometimes just don't always last you know and uh and that, yeah. that's a shame that, that things changed. But, you know, I mean, music certainly has not died. I mean, I music- don't think so. It's, I think music is more vibrant than ever because peop- more people than ever are listening to it. They're yes. just getting it for free instead of... I know, I know. Yeah. And that's tough. That's tough on the business side of things, obviously. Is, but yeah. I... You know, I've I've seen uh, you and I have have seen it both ways. You know, we remember a time when uh, you either had to own the record or or cassette eventually, or you had to hear it on the radio. It was like so exciting. They're actually playing that song. I want to hear on the re- push. Go push record. <laughs> right. Uh, but long you know, hours I spent sitting in front of the jam box to hit yes. the record button. Yeah. Uh, and and those that was certainly a more exciting time. But I don't yeah. know if I would trade current times for that because there's something about just saying, man. I want to hear that Tony Ramey song. I want to go push play on Spotify or whatever it is and, and just hear it. Well, I think you're right. I mean, there are pros and cons to every model, right? And I think that, you know, with the Music Modernization Act and stuff like that, if you're keeping up with it, uh, I mean, we'll see a day when there is some redemption in the industry side of it that that's coming about. It's just going to take 
a little time, you know. I mean, it's it's, it's just uh, the the internet, the world wide web is so much uh, more difficult to police than for sure celestial radio. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you're listening to 88.9 KETR on your radio, or perhaps you're streaming at KETR.org. That's, of course, another revolutionary way that people can consume uh, audio these days is, uh, is through the Internet streaming services. But uh, you mentioned this earlier. You try to get on the road as much as possible. How often are you on the road these days? Well, about four or five weekends. Uh, you know, if if there's uh, five weekends in the month, yeah. <laughs> then I'll be up five. But, you know, I'm not uh, – I'm at the place now where – not every month is just slammed with shows because right. I don't play a lot of shows I don't really want to play. Anymore. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and so uh, I'm not on as much as I was, let's say, four years ago, but that's more by choice than anything I understand. Else. And um, I love the small theaters, the house concerts, doing more house concerts than yes. ever. And the... Listening rooms, uh, cafes, you know, stuff that's intimate and ticket style things, you know, where, yeah, you know, because there's just, there, there are so many venues out there, man, where you could just, you, I mean, you could literally stay busy 365 days a year. Right. But uh, it will also wear you out, you know, I mean, if you uh, are not careful. And then, there has to be that balance with a singer-songwriter because we have to have enough time to sort of recuperate of course. and write and record. <clears throat> and then, you know, when you're an independent like I am, truly independent, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, I'm sort of run my own show. Yeah. Uh, it's a, sometimes it's a hard balance, you know. So uh, I'm out there, you know, but I would say average between – two and four weekends i'm on the road okay well yeah you're obviously still active and, and i'm glad to, for you that you're able to be a little more selective about where you're going to play so that you don't have to well i've got to book myself at another smoky you know corner bar room you know well thing. i probably need to but <laughs> i don't well again you know i can i can definitely understand where you've gotten to a spot where you'd, you'd rather be a little selective uh, what a different right. experience a house concert must be to performing in, in a bar or a theater even oh man you know i love the house concerts but man they're so uh lovely because a lot of times i mean sometimes i do bring in a a small pa if they want it you know but most of the time i come in with my guitar i sit on a couch or a sofa or if it's a small backyard or patio sort of thing then i'll bring my guitar out i did one a couple weekends ago like that and people just want to sit and listen to songs and hear your stories about the road and about the music business. And, you know, it's just such a relaxed and, and you know, I, I, people actually go, <clears throat> well, I don't have a CD player in my car now, but can right. I get one anyway? Do you have any, you know? And I'm like, well, sure. I think I can hook <laughs> you up. So it's a, it's a wonderful uh, an intimate setting where there's no real stress or pressure you know when you go out to uh and 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 this is part of the business but when you go out to a, a small theater or a cafe or whatever i mean you got to make sure somebody shows up you know because sure. they have to make a little money you've got to make a little money and so there's this whole but with house concerts, uh, man, there are all these people's, you know, the, the hosts have tons of friends who love music, and they just call them up and say, hey, I'm 
putting on a house concert. Right. Help can us. Y'all can leave some money in the jar here and help he, to cover the costs of you know. Right. Exactly. Oh man, it's just a great, uh, great feeling. So they're really, really cool uh, venues because uh, they, like I said, they're very low to no stress. And the people who come uh, are just excited to hear music. Yeah. You know, they just want to hear music, and they love talking to, to artists about songs. And, I mean, artists are notorious for liking to talk about their songs. Oh, yes. Boy, you, yeah. you artists definitely <laughs> like to do that. That's enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's what I like about having you artists in, is that you do love to talk <laughs> about music and your songs. Yeah, right. And you get to hear them here on Notably Texan on 88.9 KET. You can find out uh, more about this gentleman at his website, Tony Ramey, R-A-M-E-Y, TonyRamey.com. Darling, your sweet smile is sheltered from the rain. Traveling these lonely miles, I can feel the stretch and the strain. I carry you with me. In my heart When I'm feeling empty There you are Baby, you're easy On my mind When my days get crazy And the world When I'm down in the blues, baby, you break through Like a ray of warm sunshine Baby, you're easy on my mind I know we could have spent the whole time probably talking about this, but I've seen you comment about how the music industry has changed heavily in recent years and uh, how, you know, albums are not, people don't necessarily consume albums anymore. It's become a, a single market where somebody it just sure focuses does. on that one song, so they don't buy the record, they just buy that song. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, things have, have changed big time, but, but you're kind of sticking to your guns and, and doing what you want to do despite the changes, right? I've sort of reevaluated my the the business model for uh, just for practical reasons, and you know this latest album, the one you have in your hand, I've always had a song. Is it came out and it's fairly young. It came out in January, and uh, it could be the last full length album that I do. Really? Yeah, because and 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 not because I don't love to do albums. I do. But nowadays, it's artists do albums really for themselves. <laughs> I, mean, I get I it. I mean, because people are consuming music in a t- completely different way than they used to. Like you said, it's a singles market. And the way the industry, uh, the commercial side of the industry is now structured, when you go in and you spend, that was a two-and-a-half-year Stint wow. that album. I yeah, mean, I'm playing most of that album. Okay, I'm in the studio, piano, the guitar, the bass, or whatever. I mean, it's it's me. You know, Young Guns and Desperados. That I'm the band. Okay, yes. <laughs> but I wanted it to do that. I wanted to do it that way because I wanted it to be mostly me in, sure. in terms of the recording and the songwriting and all that kind of stuff. 
When you spend two and a half years doing that, in the meantime, there's a slew of other artists yes here. and people are going so what have you been doing lately you know what's going on you know because we're we're in such a fast-paced world uh if you know people don't see a single every three or four they just assume you've quit the business right. you know i've had people i'm out on the road playing and i'll be somewhere uh playing a concert and somebody say hey man i didn't know if you were still playing or not yeah. you know because i haven't seen anything from me i said well i'm working on an album you know so it'll be done and whenever so what i've done is is i've, I've decided you know i'm probably going to leave that that genre uh, album genre behind that format anyway yeah i think it's a genre format and start doing it the the singles and then once you release you know six seven singles you can compile an ep and right sell it if you want to you know which makes just more sense to me i was resistant i get it no i do <laughs> i totally understand you know man. what i'm talking yeah. about i mean I, I i was super resistant to do it until a friend a, a good friend of mine from canada I was talking to him on the phone he said tony you've got to man it's a different world. Yeah, right. And you, right. If you don't adapt, then and I mean, you know, as part of me wants to go, no, don't say it, you know. But I mean, that's just the way it is, and uh, you know, it's it's fine. It's pretty much the same thing. It's just the approach is a little different. Absolutely, know? and I dare say it might, in, in a way, it might be easier quote unquote because you right. don't have to spend two years you know uh laboring over <laughs> hey which song specific songs do i want to put on this collection well, what mood right. do i want to create yeah. through the album that's you know the other side of it you know because an album is a whole different animal and your approach is different it takes a little more time you know and, and all that you intend for it you know your idea is that somebody's going to listen to it from track one to track 14 or whatever uh you know so yeah. you there's a lot of thought that goes into this and right. the artwork and everything so uh no i 100 percent get it and uh, yeah. i'm really interested uh, to hear you open up on that and i appreciate yeah. that very sure much this has been a blast, man. It's, we've got to make sure it's not another five years before I have you back. Oh, in. absolutely, man. I'm sorry about that. I just we need to, yeah, we need to be have a regular uh, hello. I mean, we're we're neighbors. Here. I know we're neighbors not, for Pete's we're sake. Not, we're so not far apart either. So yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Anytime you want to come back and talk, you just let us know, and you you have a, a welcome invite here. Thank uh, you, man. Why don't we remind everybody where you're playing uh, this weekend? This weekend, I believe, is the How- Harmony House yes, concert, and it's the 22nd. Right? Correct. And then I believe I'll be in Shreve. Port the end of the month at the Port Grill, I think on the thirtieth, which is a weeknight, but it's an early show and okay. uh, all that. So if you guys want to come out to that, and then who knows what's happening the next month? I think I'm down in South Texas somewhere. And so. people can get your full list of shows at your website. I mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier, but it's TonyRamey.com. That's T O N Y R A M E Y dot That's right. Yeah, y'all come on by. Thank you so much, man. This has been a blast. Well, thank you, and thank you for doing this, man. It's uh, a wonderful thing. Well, maybe I'm just crazy not accepting the way things are. I'm trying to get over you, baby. I just ain't trying all that hard. Cafe where we used to go is still a stop on my way.